Welcome to episode two of Australian Design Radio to provide Australia and the world with conversations and commentary on Australian design. I'm Flynn Tracy and with me is Matt Leach. Say hello, Matt. Hello. And we also have a special guest joining us tonight who we'll introduce in a moment. Uh, but first, we just want to clear a few things up about the podcast based on some feedback from the first episode. So firstly, welcome if you're just discovering the show. It's a project that's been started to scratch an itch and hopefully fill a gap in the Australian design community. We recorded the first episode last week with special guest Frankie Ratford from the Design Kids and you can find a link to that show and all future shows at australiandesignradio.simplecast.fm. Finally, thanks for all your feedback so far. The show is now available on iTunes, uh, so you can follow the links in the show notes from any episode to subscribe. And if you like the show and you'd like to keep us going, we'd appreciate a positive review in the iTunes store. So today we have with us the Honourable <laughs> <laughs> Judge, the, the Mr. Chris Doyle. Hello. So this is where we normally ask, and and this is where it always gets a bit awkward. Sure. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, I can do that. I am. <clears throat> well, yeah, I'm Christopher Doyle. Um, <laughs> correct. Um, I'm a uh, a wrestle with this. I'm a graphic designer. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, I, a designer sounds a little more uh, senior than graphic designer, but I generally go with uh, graphic designer. Um, and I run a really small agency. It's kind of two person team at the moment. Um, and prior to that, I was at kind of branding agencies of varying sizes, design studios in Sydney, uh, and originally from Canberra way back when, about 12 years ago. And yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah, personally, you aren't married, two kids. It's... <laughs> any, do you have any pets? <laughs> no, I got pet hates, right. which you have to feed and look after. It's very similar oh, to having a real pet. Oh, um, what's your biggest pet hate? Pet hate of the week. With having to describe what I do on a, <laughs> <laughs> on a podcast, which I did tell you before we pressed record. But um, uh, yeah, no, that's the only thing I've got the shits about at the moment. I hate it when yeah. people can't describe themselves well. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. damn it. I don't yeah. think anyone, I mean, it's that kind of thing that people ask you and you think, this is what I should have like written down or spent some time kind yeah. of, like, thinking about how I want to say it. And I think because yeah. it's first person, you know, it's it's always, it's it's easier just to have someone say, here is this person and this yeah. is what they do. But when you're kind of forced to say it yourself, you always sound a little bit, I don't know, a little bit like That's interesting. Lame. Maybe we should try next time just to introduce yourself from the third person. <laughs> Actually, yeah. And I could do a character <laughs> voice as well. <laughs> no, one knows what I, no one knows what I sound like. No, exactly. Yeah. So what have we been up to this week? What day is it? It's Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? It is. So far. It is. So far. I feel like it's been a very long week. Um, I know we're only two days into it. Um, I The most exciting thing I've done uh, was last night I went and saw Sons & Co. tour oh, as part of Agda. I really wanted to see that because there's, there's yeah. so much stuff on at the moment. Yeah, I, it's hard for me. I don't really get out at night as much as I would like to with work um, and with and with kind of kids and all that kind of stuff. But I, I met those guys... Um, Probably, probably a year or two ago, they they came through for um, I think for Ag Awards maybe four years ago, and they and we kind of met up and they were really really nice and they they're just kind of lovely, very down to earth, friendly guys and 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 they do amazing work. I think everyone in Australia is kind of really aware of their of their their presence online or their lack of presence Absolutely, online, yeah. given that they don't have a website or a or a uh, or a logo or anything like that. But um, but it's very much a kind of work speaks for itself sort of thing. And I they've come over and done. I think they're doing three or four cities. I think um, with Agda yeah, and is it? It's, yeah. yeah. So I was really keen because I really like the guys and I really like the work. And it was um, 
revelation is probably too strong a word, but I think it was uh, it was just very refreshing. You know, I think those the guys they kind of got up and spoke. They obviously spoke a lot about what they did and how they formed the company and all that kind of stuff. But the the big thing that kind of came out of it really early on was they didn't refer to themselves as web designers or digital designers. They refer to themselves as graphic designers uh, with, uh, I guess, the internet or, or the digital screen being their their platform that they work to. And I think that was, I don't think anyone was really expecting that. I think everyone was kind of expecting them to come out as web design aficionados right. and very tech savvy and and. They were they were very um, they were very casual about their their knowledge of the web, uh, you know, almost self-deprecating. And so, so almost there, well, back in the sort of traditional, they are front end and they deal with back end. Uh, yeah, they've got two full time back end developers, and they they are just concerned with front end. So really, wow. just kind of look and feel and ideas, which you know is not. I guess it's not uncommon as a structure, and they were they were really surprised at the idea that because a couple of guys put up their hands in the audience and said that we, you know, I'm a designer developer, and they, and you could see Matt and Tim were kind of sort of reeled back, you know, saying, you know, that's that's really rare that if you, you yeah. I guess really rare in the sense that you could do both those things really well, and and I think he I think Tim actually said that, sorry Matt actually said that, he mm-hmm. said I'd be not surprised, but he said it's it's amazing when you meet people who are as good a developer as they are a designer. And that uh, that kind of really stuck out to me is quite uh, reassuring, um, but also interesting when you when you take into account everything that's happening with education and, and schools and yeah. you know what you know what's what people are being told they're expected to know when they come out and you know and this these were two guys doing sort of some of the most you know respected and, and, and best web work around kind of going uh, we don't know anything about the back end and and they have no desire to know about the back end is you it, know is it something like i guess when we were at college uh that whole idea of printing that almost we were being taught how to become a printer yes and it's almost so they're, they're almost sort of saying that that there's a amount that you need to know yeah so, so you need to be able to talk to a developer yes absolutely yeah developer. and i think that's a really interesting point i think that for me and it's interesting. It's tricky for me because I'm uh, I'm older now, and I think uh, I never want to I never want to kind of say I'm too old to learn something or a new way to do something because I think that's a kind of I think that's a really lazy way to do it. But but it's interesting to look at it in the sense that they they are aware of that stuff and they know how it works and they know that it needs to work, but they're not concerned with knowing how to do it themselves. And I think that's a really different thing. So mm. it, you know, you, it comes back to this whole generalist specialist argument that everybody seems to keep having, and and I think. You know, if I was a student, I'd be coming out panicking now, going, you know, am yeah. I? Do I have to know I how to, to know solve code. an idea? Yeah, I need to know yeah. code. I need to know how to crack a really big idea, and I need to know what UX and UI is, and I need to know how all those things live together. And I don't know that you do. I think you, I think you, as you said, I think you need to know how to talk to people about those things, and I think mm. you need to know what they are. You need to know how they work, but you don't need to be spread across all those things. You, you can't be right. No, no, mm-hmm. you can't be. We we talk about that a lot, um, a lot of the time. Attractor. We had one of our very first programs. We had um, it wasn't even a digital design program; it was a, it was a graphic design program. We had Tim Busing yeah. come in and yeah. just talk to them a little bit about digital because they had to. They didn't. None of them knew anything about it. Yeah. And um, and Tim was Tim was explaining how he has a relationship with you know technology companies, yeah. and developers, and things like that. And he's, and he said something that I use all the time. Always recycle smarter people than I 
know what they say. Yeah. Um, and he said, you know, if you're... A, if, I've never done that. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I must be the only one, right? And um, and he said, you know, you keep your good designers designing, good developers developing. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And it's also a different kind of mindset as well. You well, know, that's... I think most yeah. designers probably want to be spending their life designing. Absolutely. And a, yeah. a good day for a coder, and I'm probably speaking out of tone a little bit here, but... Good day for a coder is headphones on, leave me alone. Yeah, and they actually said they said they've got these two guys working with them. He said they they are so uh, I can't remember the term he used. He said that he said he wouldn't even call them web guys. He said the web designers. He said they're so technically kind of savvy that he wouldn't mm. even call them web designers. He'd just call them like he, he said full nerd was the term, but uh, that's obviously not a technical <laughs> term, full nerd. Sorry, sorry. But yeah, he said it Yeah, exactly. no, he said that. He said he wouldn't Yeah, he said it was he said they don't even care about the design. It's yeah. about yeah. it's about yeah. what's the absolute you know, what's the most I can know about how this works, you know, in, in the true kind of engineer mm. way of kind of approaching something. And I guess I guess if you're a designer as well, it it takes off some of the shackles so you can almost I want to design yes. the biggest thing I can design. Yes. And then someone can tell Absolutely. me. Absolutely. A little bit like how we used to treat printers in the back of the day. We'd go out. Yeah. Do what you want and yeah. wait for someone to say no. Yeah. And they actually said they had they had a guy they did some work with or a friend who 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 kind of straddled both disciplines and they said he was quite good at both. But he admitted to them, which was interesting, that he found he found himself uh, holding back on his design work because he knew he had to build it. Yep. Which is, you know, so you kind of sit there, uh, you know, restraining yourself because you've got, as you say, this entirely other hat on yeah. where you know, oh, this might not work or that's going to really be a pain in the ass to build. So maybe I'll just, mm. maybe I won't do it that way. Whereas they come in and go, let's build the most, or let's design the most amazing thing we can and wait for the guys to tell us we can't do it. Back in. Yeah, yeah, and get yeah. pulled back so, rather so than go, go the other way. way. And they go this way yeah. and meet somewhere in the middle. And I don't, you know, I can't, I guess I'm, I'm a good example of that. I can't possibly comprehend having space in my head or time in the day mm. to understand how both those streams of work would work. I yeah. just, I just, it just wouldn't happen. So where, where does UX come in then? Is that the developer's side or is that the designer's side? Or is it I think there's probably crossover there. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably speaking out of turn again, but I think, you know, UX isn't at the beginning, the middle, or the end. I think it's in all, yep. yeah. you know, the entire the entire process. Yep. Um, we should definitely get someone that's <laughs> super amazing at UX to come uh, to the show. Cause... I told you I was a UX expert <laughs> when, you, when you emailed. Yeah. yeah. So, Chris, explain UX to us. Oh, it's, it's a Vin Diesel movie. It's um, really, really, really <laughs> no, look, I, look, I agree. And I think, you know, we were talking before about, about the potential buzz term nature of a lot of this stuff as yeah. well. And they were well, they were as well. They kind of go, we don't look at any of that sort of stuff. We look at designing really beautiful things and figuring out how they work. And it's, yeah. and I guess that was the other really nice thing I took out of it was they, uh, uh, as l- you know, less concerned with, with talking about it and putting labels and things and you know sticking up wireframes. So they don't even wireframe. So they never wireframe. They just start. Really? Yep. Yeah, start designing. Start designing in Sketch straight away. And the, the theory being, it's not that they don't care. It's not that it doesn't need to be a system, but they 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 figure you're better off starting and just using that time you would have spent wireframing mm. to start building something. And then the other the other criticism of wireframing was, why would I want to be given something that I had to populate? as opposed to just starting with a blank canvas and building mm. it and pushing around the page, which I guess comes all the way back to their, them being traditional designers in a sense. You know, they, they mm. said if you can take, they said you've got to be able to take our websites off a browser and they should be posters, which I thought was a really, really, that's wow, that's and that's really a really unusual thing to hear a web designer say. Yeah. Like I, they say, get rid, of the, get rid of the browser, can you hang it on the wall? You know, and, and, and vice versa, you know, mm. can you take 
this really beautiful page layout and put it into a browser and make it work. And I, and man, I think the the proof is there. Like if you look at a lot of the work, it's it it, it is as beautiful and it has the hallmarks of of really really avant-garde print design it's just another way of life isn't it yeah you know during this cowboy period that we're in absolutely we're making shit up as they go along well that and that's it i mean as you were talking before i was really thinking about that kind of that cowboy-ness mm. i guess where um i guess the people who really got ahead really quickly were the people who could do both yes yeah and, great and that's kind of yeah. so everyone sort of jumped on education included has jumped on the bandwagon and said okay that's what we need to do but yeah. actually now it's leveling out and i think mm. you do need to do it it's just whether or not whether or not people need to come out armed with all of that stuff, yeah. and uh, and I do, you know, to your point, Flynn, I don't think it's, I don't think you you're going to find people who are who can do both those things really, really well, you know, not not, and also not in terms of that you can't, you know, you're not going to be able to potentially find people who are that clever, just in terms of having the headspace and the and the zone yeah. and the way of doing that work, you know, um, and I don't imagine you'd find people that were as interested in both. No, purely from a kind few. of yeah. Mm. I only know I only know a couple. Yeah, I only know a couple. Two of them aren't in the yeah. country anymore. So so what about coding then for for your kids? Coding for my kids. Do, do you think, <laughs> Am do I gonna code my kids will, or will, will, will you teach your kids coding? Uh well look, it's a it's a tricky question to ask. They're they're quite young and I think the the interesting thing for me is gonna be seeing how school what's shaped normal school, not not yep. post you know, post grad school, but what day to day school looks like in the next five or six years. Um, you know, I have a son who's just kind of starting to start at school this year and I, I'm so fascinated to know what high school looks like. You know, I don't I don't think primary school is gonna look enormously different to what it did for me and, and, and certainly my experience of what he's doing now is no is not hugely different to what I did, which is kinda of nice I think, because it's about exploration and it's mm-hmm. about uh, empathy and it's about discovery and it's about um, social awareness of, of other people, all that kind of stuff. But I'm fascinated to know what high school looks like. Um, it's it's interesting. So my my eldest girl is six. Yeah. And so she's got flip learning and yeah. the classroom rotational learning. She's got all this kind of new stuff. Which, yeah. Which I'm finding really and ethics has just come in. Yeah. Great. So, so if you don't want to do religion studies, yeah. you, you do ethics instead, yeah. which is really interesting. So it feels almost like in the last couple of years it's sped up. Almost. Yes. So I'm starting to see a change. That's, that's Someone told me the other day that they've got a, a, a child going into grade four, and an iPad is on the is on the list of things to buy. So that's wow. that's on the parents' shopping list. Now I don't know whether it's a private school. I imagine it is. But even if it is a private school, year four, mm. to kind of yeah. go this, you know, this is, you know, the, you you need this screen. Yeah? yeah. You need to be able to have this kind of platform to learn off. And I. Yeah, in terms of whether or not I'd, I'd encourage them to learn coding, I, I kind of, I'm going to encourage them to do whatever they want to do, basically. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's, like I think most parents would say, it's it's given them as many opportunities and, and to, as you can to learn about all that stuff, but um, but not kind of push them in any direction, you know. And I when I was in high school, it was, God, if you went to the wrong high school, you were just, you kind of were pushed in one direction. And, that, and if you didn't fit, it was bad luck. You know, you kind of just went in that direction and there yeah. wasn't, I don't think that the kind of art and creativity, certainly where I went to school, wasn't it just wasn't explored, you know, nearly no. with the kind of uh, energy that it should be. Um, and you want, you know, you want kids to be able to go off in that direction. You know, you mm. listen to you listen to Ken Robinson talk on TED, and it's just, you know, you kind of realise how yep. how creative some children can potentially be, and how often mm. is that not, you know, not recognised and not pursued, and you know, it's just that's that terrifies me. So punished. yeah, exactly. Actually, punished goes the other way. I feel like I've been punished creatively several times in my life. But, um, <laughs> I had award shows. Nice and- segue. <laughs> <laughs>
um, yeah, look, I, look, I think it's, as I said, I, more than whether or not I want them to is I'm just absolutely fascinated to see what it turns into. Mm. Yeah. They're going to graduate with very, very different skill sets. When do your kids graduate high school? Oh, man. That's really hard. It is really hard. You both have kids, right? A year, 12 a years. Year, a year before they kicked out of house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, 12 years from now. So what's that? 12 years. I'm not a mathematician. Um, 28? Twenty-seven, yeah, two thousand twenty-seven. Someone can check on the podcast. Someone sitting at home with the calculator, <laughs> you idiots. Two thousand twenty-seven. Math good. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty scary. Yeah. It is pretty scary. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's. But as I said, I'm more interested than I am scared. Yeah, you know? and yeah, I and yeah. and it's taken me a while to kind of be. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm relaxed about about being the age I am. Uh, sat next to the way that the industry is because I'm not that relaxed about it but I'm more relaxed than I was a couple of years ago when you kind of start to think okay I've I've graduated and I've spent my formative design years in studios without being exposed to all this stuff mm-hmm. and I'm 37 and I and I work alone or you know I work in a small company you know do am I do I meant to turn around now and two or three nights a week am I meant to be going learning about UI and UX and coding and all that yeah, kind of stuff right, and I yeah. And 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 I don't believe I am. I think I and I talked to I talked a little bit about this with um, one of the guys from RGA at an Apple Store talk a little while ago. I don't know if you guys are right. Um, and it was and we and he was talking about RGA obviously being one of the, one of the most progressive digital agencies in the mm. world. Him talking about this amazing culture they have where everything's in house, you know. And and you, you know you talk to Mike Rigby who's over there in New York who I used, used to work at Interbrand with him and he, he tells a similar story. It's kind of like everything's there. So you, you have an idea, you want to build something, you go into that room and you've got guys and they build it. And it's it's an, in, it's an incredible business model. And what we were talking about was the fact that I don't have any of those any of those kind of people and you know, mm. and then small studios don't have those people to kind of lean on. So what's the alternative to that? And the alternative, I guess for someone like me or, or, or small studios is, is collaboration and knowing, you know, when you sit down knowing, as we said earlier, knowing what those things can be and what shape they can take and all that kind of stuff, but then also having relationships with people that can help you build those things, yeah. you know, and that's, I think that's kind of become, you know, a new model in itself as well as these two or three or four person studios who I don't imagine are going out saying to their clients they can do everything or not everything really, really well, but knowing that they can partner with people, you know, and, and knowing you can kind of tap into a network of of individuals or small companies that do different things to what you do that are specialists, you know. And do you think that that's that, because I, I was at that talk, I remember that mm. really well. I've, I've, mm. I've used it as an example before. Yeah. I just kind of look at these polarizing Totally, arguments. yeah. And I would use those teams if I had them, of course, but yeah. I don't. Yeah. And I'm the norm, you know what I mean? Like I'm most yeah. small studios, yeah. so... Absolutely. Yeah, it's um, and he, you know, he was completely open to that idea because I think for me it's about it's it's collaboration and it's always kind of been that's always kind of been there because you know like five or six years ago, it would it was like okay we're gonna do a photo shoot you need a great photographer and I'm not I would never say I'm the guy because I'm not I'm not a photographer you know and in and I have the same conversation now with a client who says you'll do our site I say yeah I'll I'll do your front end site and I'll get a guy to develop it a guy that I partner with who runs a very stable business who develops my websites and and. It's interesting, some clients don't bat an eyelid. Some clients mm. kind of take a second and go, oh, so you don't do that bit yourself. You know, and it's, mm. so there's just a, it's it's never a bad thing where there's a little bit of education around the fact that parts yeah. of that work can go mm. to other companies and come back to you, you know. In the, but they wouldn't have batted an eyelid if you said, I'm going to get a photographer to do this job. But, but 10 years ago, would they have? Like, do, you uh, think, do you feel like clients have changed? Like, um, and I'm going to preface that by saying, like, I feel like there's much more of an understanding of, entrepreneurial kind of absolutely and absolutely yeah and working from home and you know there, there's 
you can run your own you can run your own business a lot easier. I would say. Now, uh, yeah, I agree. Years ago, I agree. Even, you know. Yeah, they have. I, I guess it's um. Oh, yeah, I guess they, yeah, they, it has changed, and I think I'm always surprised by. Not that I've kind of taken on ginormous jobs, but some of the some of the jobs that have been a little bit bigger than the normal ones, clients don't seem don't seem bothered at all about not going to large agencies. That's mm-hmm. you know, which I which I think is great because I think it's, I think they kind of realise now that you can get you can get work from a collective of people that yeah. aren't even under the same banner or the same corporate heading and get the same job. You know, yeah. and that's and and there's no risk involved. It doesn't mean that it's going to be sloppy or loose. It's because there's also I think with that. With that rise of the kind of entrepreneurial, I'm going to start a studio attitude. Is 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 people are like crazy focused. You know, you got you got yeah. you got guys coming out of colleges who are who just want to get into a room and do the work, and it's you know they're really mm. really they're really driven, and and you can have very hard working studios made up of three or four 25 year olds, and it's you know mm. you, you know, they win pitches, you know, and they yeah. they they can go against the big guys. People are coming out pretty talented these days, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's frightening, yeah. in a in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Flynn? What, are you going to get to any of these talks coming up? No, I'm so, terrible. Um, I'm I'm not going to anything. I think we've got we've got <laughs> Sagmaster Sagmaster coming out. What else is um, on? I am going to G Lee. G Lee, yeah, Kevin Wan. Oh yes, Kevin yes. Wan, um, which which I, is more because I saw as soon as it came, I grabbed a ticket. And yeah. Now, now I'm going. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> what, problem, what we through it again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so step one, yeah. buy tickets. Right? Okay. <laughs> But other than that, no, I'm skipping all of these, and um, it's kind of the tyranny of running events. I think you don't yeah. really go yep. to any, yeah. And doing things in you know in the evening that cannot be moved, you can't really make room. Yeah. I go to someone else's event, and I'm looking at the PA guy more than I'm listening to the speaker. <laughs> I'm just thinking, what's their setup over there? That yeah. looks really interesting. The Sagmeister yeah. one's an interesting one. I, I I'm not going to see Sagmeister, and I and every person I tell that they go, you're not going to see Sagmeister? Like what? Like what are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. And I and I, and I don't. It's it's funny because I don't really know how to rationalise it other than I, I'm a I'm a huge fan. Like I don't. I think it isn't. It's, it's yeah, undeniable, and I yeah. and I think. I think that one of the things that designers will talk about till the, till the end of time is what's new. You know what I mean? Like everybody is right. in, in whatever field you're in and whatever kind of pursuit, everybody's chasing the newness, right? And I, yeah. for me, like for the last 10 or 12 years, he's totally new. Like the guy was, you know, especially when I was came out of college, he was doing really weird stuff, mm. like for corporate clients, for mm. normal clients. And I, he, to me, was one of the designers that you truly was saying, I'm doing different things to everyone else. And I think, I thought that was incredible. And he did it for years and years and still doing it for years and years. Um, but I saw him talk when he first came out at Billy Blue. When yeah. was that? When uh, was that? It's like 10 years ago. Oh, is it really? That's really scary. No, it was 10 years yeah, ago. Definitely. 10 years ago. I was just graduating. I was at Sanji's. Right. I was graduating. Yeah. Because I, I, yeah. I, I helped organise that for him to come out. I was at Sanji's and that yeah. was, so that's, and I left there in 2005, it was 10 now, years did ago. Did Kevin Finn interview him afterwards? Possibly. I think he did. Possibly. I seem to remember. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And it was great. Like, I, was amazing. I, I amazing. love the philosophy. I love, I, love the, I love the kind of life that he has kind of worked so hard to set up for himself. It's, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, as you just said, it's hard to get to all these things. And I chose, I chose he, something. Spoke, I'm sorry. It's interesting. It might be just me and well, you that aren't going. Well, you know what? <laughs> and, 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 I'm not going. You're not going either? No. Wow. I've, I've, I'm all in on G Lee. Yeah. yeah, I mean they're, they're sold out. There's no danger of not selling mm. those tickets. Yeah, no, they're gone. Like, no, they're no, of gone, course. You know, it's all, almost like I should have should have bought a ticket and given it to a student or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say scalp it like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
There's a whole new business model there. Yeah, scalping Sagmeister tickets. I think I know too many people involved to be uh, yeah, scalping out tickets. Front in a hoodie. Get your Sagmeister tickets. Oh, yeah. I wonder what they do. That'd be hilarious. But no, I think um, I, you know, I, I loved when he came out before, and he spoke a lot about what he's actually. Well, that was my other thing. Is yeah. that it's, it, I think there's a lot of crossover, and I think yeah. the message the message is similar, and yeah. and and you, as I said, the message is undeniable and very admirable. But um, yeah, I kind of uh, I thought putting myself into a web design <laughs> event was probably uh, you know mm. something that was probably going to be a bit newer for me as well. Yeah. But um, mm. but yeah, I, I I got yeah, I, I'm a really big fan. It's it's weird because his work. Has absolutely Sagmeister's work has no influence whatsoever over me, but in in a and not in a bad way, in a way that I don't. I, I think his work is so progressive that it's. I don't see how you could be influenced. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he yeah. owns his thing, mm. and I think I don't think a lot of designers do anymore. You know. I think I think um, obviously his partner Jessica Walsh yes. is doing some really interesting. Yes. Have you watched the relationship? Um, experiment that no she, I haven't watched it I've read yeah, bits about yeah. it yeah no, it's just um, if anyone hasn't watched it watch it it's um, it's quite a short kind of they're making a movie of it now yeah but um, it's just where uh, her and a designer she's worked with at Sagmeisters for a long time decided they're very good friends and decide they might try to be in a relationship mm. um, and just if they were in a relationship for 30 days would they actually fall in love mm. and it's just it's really it's amazing it's, yeah uh, see they don't teach you that in design school no no but see that's ideas that's that's yeah. you know what I mean I think that's just her having she obviously has a, has, has that kind of capacity for mm. thinking it's got nothing it's got nothing to do with graphic design yeah. it's just what's what's an interesting thing we can build and create mm. and then she's also got obviously got a cr- crazy amount of drive and ambition because yeah. she makes all these things you know and she's prolific like if you look at her work my god oh. like when they PR'd that announcement of her own, I think everyone was like who's who? Jessica Walsh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what, who are you and, and, and almost people were kind of like wow she's joined with Sagma and then you go and look at the work and it's like my god you know for her age an amazing body of work yeah yeah and the nude shots obviously helped. I well, think. I think, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting approach. It's, it's, a, a, it's a weird thing. I mean, she she still sort of brings that up in interviews. Is is that that's really hard to live down? Yeah, absolutely. Because that's why everyone assumed that she was being like groomed by yes. all yeah. sort of stuff, and, and then to come out with the naked shots, I guess. See, I send nudes out in the mail. Yeah, and I get in trouble. But yours for are it. really tasteful. tasteful. They are tasteful. Yeah. They are very tasteful. So? I don't think so. Of all the nudes I receive, well, I always wear shoes. <laughs> and very nice shoes they are. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I need to talk about something because yeah. I am putting my body through an experiment. And right now, while we're sitting here, no, and that's he's sending out nudes too. <laughs> no, I've I've started um, bulletproof coffee. So which is what? Have you heard about this? So it is coffee that is um, you mix it with butter and then MCT oil. And it burns really quickly and it wakes you up. What is this, the Wild West? Yeah. What are you talking about? Know, are you serious? Crazy. And it so, wakes you up. <laughs> it wakes you up and you... Are you in the and, ER? And you <laughs> Do you hear this? <laughs> <laughs> Clear. <laughs> it's highly addictive. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. tons of when you hear his nurse. <laughs> I think this could be really something for the design community. Okay. So, what, so, this sorry. Is a, this so, is a public service announcement. This is a public announced. service announcement. Just imagine this was a sponsorship. This was like, <laughs> yeah. this is one of those really smooth, like, yeah. sponsorship slidings. We are in no way affiliated with Bulletproof. Bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think, I think it's really interesting. <laughs> it's, been, it's been massive in America and it's just done the so, t- here. Sorry, tell me again, what is it? It's, so, it's coffee. Like ground then, coffee, normal ground coffee. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And, then, um, and then it's um, blended with butter and like a high burn coconut oil basically right and it's um, what's it taste like 
I think it tastes really nice. So you don't have it with any milk. It's hot, though, obviously. It's hot, yeah. yeah. So what's so what forms the main liquid, the butter, the butter and the oil? There's no water yeah. in there. Uh, no, well, there's coffee. So it's, it's it's normally brewed coffee, and then right. they, then they mix it with the butter and with the oil. Wow. But it's a, I've been having it for two weeks now, and it's and it's quite it's quite amazing in the sense that it. Uh, it really. I, I have one coffee a day now. You sound like a drug addict. I'm, I'm just, I put it out there. Like, no, I'm joking. Yeah, one I, a day. I, I think this is going to be big. Really? Um, I was on board until I noticed you were injecting it in the morning. Really? It's into your eye. That's, that's all part of it. One. So okay. And and anyone can make it. Could you? Can you buy it anywhere? Has it? Yeah, is so it for well, sale? Um, quite a few places are starting to sell it around around here now. Fresh made, obviously. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. right. Around Surrey Hills. Kind around of Surrey Hills. Hills Hipster, Man, I don't know if I need more butter and oil in my body. Like, <laughs> I, it's. <laughs> I think I think we should be getting into it. This is my new diet, so I no longer exercise. I just have bulletproof coffee. Wow. So, how long you, have you been doing this for? Two weeks. And how long are you going to live for to continue to do this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's been it, definitely the first week. I was so much more focused. Really. And, and like, literally went till about two before I was like, oh, I should probably eat. And really. And then. And then having maintained focus till about six at night, I guess. It's the half a stick of butter. That's yeah. the half a stick of butter. <laughs> but it's um, yeah, it does something really interesting. Mm. I think it's going to be a big thing. Yeah, right. Okay, so, well, you, hit, you heard it here first. I'm, sketching, I'm first. sketching a logo for Bulletproof Coffee. I just, yeah. I just wanted to put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> just sorry, just so I get that down. That is beautiful. Um, it's actually not. It's terrible. Yeah, this is almost a test tube. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Okay, I'm gonna try. No, I'm not gonna try it. Gonna try <laughs> no, it. Man, look at me. Do I need? I don't need butter or oil in my. No, I can't. I think it's gonna be huge. Okay. Anyway, that's my tip. My my hot tip. Matt's hot tip for. Matt's hot tip of the week. Matt's hot tip. <laughs> Matt's shoeing of the week. <laughs> and I just thought we might try something that we haven't uh-huh. done before. And I was thinking because we're planning on having Kevin Finn yes. on the show tomorrow, and um, I was wondering if maybe we can ask Chris. Yeah. To, ask a question that we can ask Kevin. Ooh, nice. Ooh. I like this. And this is legitimately on the spot. This, this is, is really on the spot. So this is a question for Kevin. Yeah, so uh, we'll, t- we'll, it, we'll tell him we had Chris on the show. Well, he'll hear it. He'll go, he's got proof. Oh, no, he won't hear it tomorrow, no, obviously. No, he won't hear it, yeah. Yeah, right, okay. Um, so it he'll ca- know it, that, you know, we're making you, shit you've up. You've got a lot of history with Kevin as well. So. I do have a lot of history. Not yeah, actually, sexual history, just... Was, was he your first boss? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a hell of a pause. Was that's, a your first that's a show title right boss. there. Yeah. Was he your first? Dot, dot, dot. Great. Fantastic. Answer after, the question, After Chris. college, though, was that, was that <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he was one of two. I had uh, I had two created. <laughs> two firsts. At the same time? <laughs> yeah, well, I was, I was quite open-minded when I left university. He was... Um, he was... <laughs> He was one of two uh, creative directors I had at Saatchi's. Him and um, a guy called Julian Milhewish. Um, in a you know a tiny little studio, and I I kind of feel like I've told this story a thousand times, but but never in podcast form. Not on this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was it was it was it was amazing. It was you know it was a fantastic kind of what I call a re-education. Um, and I came out of university quite kind of confident and 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 ready to tackle the world, uh, only to realise um, that I was not nearly ready to tackle the world. Um, and and I guess it kind of depended on where you where I land. And I landed with Kevin and Jules, and they kind of re uh, I don't know reformatted the way I thought about design and obviously based on the way they believed uh, design should be and what it was about and and 
they very cleverly did it in a way that taught me that also allowed for me to inject myself into it and and discover my own kind of spin on it um so yeah it was great we i i kind of worked with both of them it was re- it was really just the three of us for a few years and then i think another designer um joined but it was a really little studio in Saatchi in Saatchi within the ad agency so it was a very for me it was kind of it was a very bizarre um it was a very bizarre kind of situation because I'd come from Canberra, small sort of, I guess, smallish city, um, to Sydney, which was a big move, into an agency, which was, you know, this is kind of 10, 12 years ago at Saatchi's when big agencies were like these big, amazing kind of places with a couple of hundred people doing very expensive, huge advertising jobs. Um, and I was, you know, I was kind of like the... I was like the cliched kind of, you know, the country guy in the movie going to the big city kind of thing. I was sort of like wandering around wide-eyed. Yeah, the big smoke. Wearing plaid before it was cool because you just came off the farm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. stack a hay on my back. pitchfork down and pick up the mouse. Exactly. Um, But it was great because I, I kind of felt like I was in a small studio but part of a much larger advertising business. So it was it was fascinating. Um, and yeah, I was with them for, I was with Kevin for probably three years, three or four years. And then with Jules for another one year until Jules kind of politely told me I had to leave. So <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, well look, he, I, I kind of got to a point where I had been there so long that I, like I'd overstayed, I think, um, and not in a bad way in the way that I just, I love the job so much and, and, and he and I become quite close and, and I obviously, you know, was working with Kevin before that. So I was so, I had kind of, I'd sort of lucked out, you know, I'd landed in a, in a job that I loved so much with a little team that I loved so much that I, I didn't even think about leaving. You know, it wasn't, it didn't even occur to me that oh, I should move around or yeah, I should go and try. Three years is kind of the Three standard. years is kind of it. And even if yeah. it's not the standard, people kind of get a bit bored and want to try something else yeah. anyway, at that age especially. And yeah. I got to kind of like four and a half or five and I thought, man, I think I need to get a different experience here. And Jules, you know, because he, he is a very generous, lovely guy, kind of said, yeah, I agree. You need to, you need to go. You don't have to, and you can stay. But I think it's a good thing. And and then I, and I left. So um, yeah, but I was there for a very long time, probably probably too long. Looking back at it now, but none of it was for yeah. I don't regret any of it. I get to see Kevin kind of in passing, you know, mm. every few years or so. We caught up at Sex, Drugs, and Helvetica. Which was nice, and then um, and I see Jules all the time still. I really like the fact that I'm not only in touch with, but get on really well with you know my bosses mm. from twelve years ago. Yeah. Well, you're talking about lucked out. I mean, that's pretty. Oh, it's amazing. Lucky. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone, well, most people know their work and who they are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in touch. Like it's. And I didn't know that when I first got in there. Well, I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, I got the job, great. I mean, I was excited, but not until years later did I realise the kind of education that I'd had out of it, yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's a, it's this it's this whole thing around mentoring that people kind of go, you know, what sort of studio should I aim to get into? And I always tell people, don't just aim for someone who can tell you everything they know, you yeah, know, absolutely. like whether it's a 20-person yeah. studio or a five-person studio. And, it, and it's a that's a really hard thing to determine with an interview, obviously, whether or not they're that person. But through research and what you know about them and all that kind of stuff and, you know, connect with them on Twitter, you know, because there's a lot more ways to connect now than there were when I started. Oh, my it's, God, if we had another hour, we could talk about Twitter, couldn't we? Yeah, we could talk about oh, Twitter. Hot yeah. damn. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I say that. Go for a mentor. Aim for aim for someone who can, who yeah. can truly teach you because um, I reckon that's what those first three or four years are about. Yeah. You know, they're not about kind of parties and, and, and agency culture, I don't think. It's about understanding yeah. very, very in a very, very close environment how business works. You know, that's what I that's what I think people need to do. So that's my question for Kevin. Just joking, I didn't ask a question. You but, um, <laughs> good luck answering that. Um, I am on the spot here, aren't I? Um, I would ask Kevin, uh, does he prefer working for himself or for another company? 
And I know the short answer is going to be yes, I prefer working for myself, but I want to know why and what. Let like dig into the kind of pros and cons. Perfect. That's yeah. Yeah. Bring it. Bring it on. I think we might wind down the show then. Fantastic. Sure. Everybody. Thank you very much, sir. Pleasure. Where Thanks can, for having me. Where can people find you if they want to know more about you? I'm. Um, where am I? I'm on Twitter. Do I have to say my Twitter? I think I do, don't I? It's Chris underscore J underscore Doyle on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, which is just um, CD and Co. A N D. Uh, and the company URL is ChristopherDoyle.co. Cool. Yeah. And Matt? So um, ADR, obviously. Um, and then I normally say LinkedIn because it's still a good way to kind sure. of get a hold of me. And. Um, that's me. What about you, sir? Cool. Um, so you can find me at flintracy.com or at flintracy on just about everything. You can find this Not episode. On Pardon? <laughs> what was that? Not on me. Yeah. No, that's true. Um, no, it's good because I have a weird spelling name. So I have my URL, Twitter, Instagram, yeah. Pinterest, everything. Like it's just They're all like, the same. Yeah. Yeah. It was I terrible did, I, growing up, but then everything worked out. I actually <laughs> thought I had a weird spelling name, but then there's, I think the last time I went for something, I was Matt Leach 151. I was like, really? Yeah. There's 150 other people out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Made it up to 150. Man, I, I, yeah, I get confused for Christopher Doyle, the cinematographer. I had someone email me a, like a film pitch the other day. Saying, you should have replied. Like I said no, thing. demanded more money. <laughs> I don't work with hacks like yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's funny. Awesome. No, I do get that a lot. Like if I'm googling quickly to find someone's website, and it's like you know, um, Jason Little's one that gets as well. A bunch of other football players turn up. Or something oh, like that. really? Scroll down the Google. Yeah, and it's right. Like, you know what's going on? They're they're, they're all him. Actually. They're all him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a master of branding. Yeah. I'm 400 people on Google. Um, you can find this episode and more at australiandesignradio.simplecast.fm and you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at AUS Design Radio. If you have suggestions for topics, guests, questions you'd like to ask us on the show or just want to reach out, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can contact either of us if you want to get in touch with Matt. It's Matt at AUSdesignradio.com or just replace Matt with Flynn to get in touch with me. Don't replace me. <laughs> Until then, thanks for listening to Australian Design Radio. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.